0: This is a music therapy podcast interview with Chelsea Mabes.
1: What I challenge music therapists to think about is the fact that you might not be a trauma music therapist. You might not be providing trauma-specific service. People who provide trauma specific services are people like Jen Jennifer Secura in Connecticut who does disaster relief and she was responsive after the Sandy Hook shootings. So she does trauma specific work. But what I'm challenging people to think about as a music therapist is being a trauma informed music therapist. So we all support people who have survived a trauma whether or not we know about it, whether or not we see symptoms of it, which a lot of people call them behaviors, but I don't call them behaviors. You won't hear me say that. They are symptoms, okay? They are responses. So, and a great example of how everybody has experienced trauma is the collective trauma of COVID.
0: You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Kayati. I'm your weekly host and a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe so you never miss an episode and consider leaving us a rating and review. We really appreciate them. You can find more podcast episodes, links to our pod courses, the self care community, links to all of our social media, and get on our monthly newsletter all at musictherapychronicles.com. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to this show today. And you can always reach me by sending an email to hello at musictherapychronicles.com. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles and welcome to part two. of my conversation with Chelsea last week. If you missed that episode, please go back and uh, listen to it because it'll probably put this episode more into context. We talk a lot about um, language we use within treatment and care as well as um, the Medicaid waiver and some of Chelsea's experiences and advice for that. Today, we're going to be talking more about... um, Trauma-informed care, which I think is a term most of us are familiar with, but there are some things that, how do I say this? Some things that we we don't necessarily learn until we have to put them into practice. And so in this part of our conversation, Chelsea shares some really amazing tangible advice that you can apply right away that maybe you've thought of or um, maybe haven't crossed your mind until now. And they are also great windows into how trauma-informed care can Impact even the very minute parts of our job, but be so beneficial, make such a beneficial impact on the people we work with, the people supported using that language. So I hope you learn a lot from this conversation. Um, I mentioned this in last week's episode, but in case you missed it, in the show notes, I'm going to have linked the Peer Support Network, which is a free uh, kind of peer supervision style group setting where uh, some amazing music therapists are putting together just this container for people to get low cost supervision. And I think that's really important. It's going to be really impactful in our field. There are also lots of like community um, communities you can join within the music therapy world that are free or paid for where you can get that peer support type feel as well as some direct supervision is provided through some of those communities as well. So Uh, If you're in need of supervision, there will be some resources linked that I didn't get to mention in the episode, but want to mention and have here. So without further ado, let's get into part two of my conversation with Chelsea.
1: Another couple of things I wanted to share um, was so my thesis research was about trauma informed care, music therapist perception of trauma informed care, um, and that information is accessible to anyone who wants it. So. My email can be provided and you can reach out to me to ask for my thesis. It is not a secret. I want everybody to read it. And I also have a GLR presentation on YouTube of me verbally presenting the information. This was like a week before COVID hit that I presented at GLR in Schaumburg, Illinois. Different world, right? blast from the past right like we were quarantined in our sweats a week later um but yes that information i want it to be accessible for everybody because it's i feel it's super important Mm -hmm. and you know what i think is important to understand about trauma and how we conceptualize trauma is that a lot of people think of big t trauma like you know, natural disasters and um, you know assaults and kidnapping and car accidents, but it's the little t events that are often swept under the rug, like divorces, breakups, unexpected moves, um, and so those little ones get swept under the rug. So what I challenge music therapists to think about is the fact that you might not be a trauma music therapist. You might not be providing trauma-specific service. People who mm. provide trauma-specific services are people like Jen Jennifer Secura in Connecticut who does disaster relief and she was responsive after the Sandy Hook shootings. So she does trauma-specific work. But what I'm challenging people to think about as a music therapist is, being a trauma-informed music therapist. So we all support people who have survived a trauma, whether or not we know about it, whether or not we see symptoms of it, which a lot of people call them behaviors. But I word. call them behaviors. You won't hear me say that. They are symptoms, okay? They are responses. So, and a great, example of how everybody has experienced trauma is the collective trauma of covid hmm. we all experience that everybody responded to it differently or we haven't responded yet yeah, because our brains it. have kind of it's like an imprint right it's like a stamp you yeah. know some of our brains will like immediately respond maybe go into fight or flight mode and and then that's the those immediate responses that we see but some brains kind of like stamp the event Mm
0: -hmm. in the
1: subconscious and then it could emerge later
0: yeah
1: i actually experienced that um in march i was extremely stressed with work and i I'd like to say I'm a, I'm a generally healthy person. Um, I, you know, I'm very healthy, and I try to take care of myself. I don't, you know, I'm very lucky in the sense that I don't take any medication. And I fight through it if I do, like if I have a headache or something. So I'm extremely Mm -hmm. privileged, and ableist in that way, that I don't have those needs. However, Um, in the middle of March, I was stressed at work. Um, I, I had some other things going on and my back literally spasmed so bad. Like I'm telling you, I, um, I had, I, I was using, icy hot. I was using different patches. I was using, you know, everything that I could think of and. it it was just it was bad news bears right and then i thought about i was reflecting on it after i got better it took me Mm -hmm. like four days my back was spasming a little bit over the course of a week and then i was remembering that the last time that my back had spasmed like that was around the same time when we quarantined and I was worried about my job and Mm -hmm. I was worried about my health and my safety and the safety of like my family and my parents, you know, um, well, my parent and my family. I was just and I was like, my body literally freaking remembered that. Mm -hmm. So trauma is amazing in so many ways and how it manifests. So having personally experienced that, and that's kind of like a tidbit of, you know, info of how your body can remember something like that. Hmm. And so I in, I invite music therapists to think about how we all work with survivors. We might not be treating trauma specific symptoms, but we all support people who have experienced a trauma. Yeah. I could go on and on and on about that, but, you know, I was, I, I, um, wrote down some common triggers in my work that I avoid. And mm. I think you might find them, um, really interesting. You might even use them, them, use them yourself because you shared that you, uh, support students.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to hear these Way mommy.
1: Awesome. Okay. Well, because I could talk about trauma for hours and hours and hours, but you know what? I think it's really important for people. If you, if you want to get down into the nitty gritty, here's some resources. I have a trauma informed resource as well. So not only am I willing to share my thesis and I'll share my slides, that video, but also the substance abuse and mental health services administration, they, they have some trauma informed resources. Um, Mm -hmm i can I can share that resource as well. So, if people want to dig in deep, great. But you know what? when I go to a presentation at conference or I'm listening to a podcast, <laughs> i I want something to dig into and take with me. Yeah, So common triggers that I avoid in my work uh, at the end of the school year, have a great summer. Ah, I never yeah. say that. And the reason why I never say that is because there are students who don't have lunches every day. They don't have, they literally don't have food and Mm -hmm. they aren't looking forward to their summer plans or their summer break, what have you, because they don't have breakfast and lunch. And that's, that's. Just leave it at that. There's a lot of children who might not have the structure that school provides if they have a a disorganized family situation. Mm -hmm. They might have a family that fights, so they might lack stability Um, and having that firm grounding teacher I mean, mm-hmm. we we don't we don't think about that. How how grounding is it to have that same person every day at school, you know? Um, and to have that face just show up and be there. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. It's it's something that we don't really think about because I know as music therapists we pop in. I know that for me in the school groups that I support, I kind of pop in once a week for forty five minutes. So I know nothing about yeah. the class <laughs> dynamic. Um, so instead of saying have a great summer, or what are your summer plans? I tell them that I will miss you and I look forward to seeing you again. And I give them something from my heart and that I'm Mm -hmm. looking forward to. Um, That would be my alternative to that. It's the same thing with Christmas. um, Because Christmas time is actually the month where suicide rates are the highest. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, it's so much similar to, to, to summer break where, you know, students are going back home to a situation that we don't really know about. Mm-hmm. Children are really resilient, you know, have you? But again, because even though children are really resilient, there could be a stamp going on. And we might not even be seeing that. Totally. So because I don't know if the stamp is on there, that's why I make trauma-informed decisions, right? Because you never know. Please, no one, don't ever ask the people you support what they got for Christmas. Can we please stop doing that? (laughs) Please stop asking them what Santa brought them. Because first of all, it's not our business. Mm. And second of all, you're assuming that the person that you support even has the means to celebrate christmas not talking about diversity with religions and practices and it's not even about religions if if the family doesn't celebrate it like you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. please let's stop asking people about their freaking christmas gifts like that burns me up so much like ooh, um and again you know i know that because the Christmas thing, yeah, that's really cut and dry. But, you know, additionally, um, coming back from holiday break, because we all take holiday break, right? Because in our extremely white privileged society, we honor Christian holidays. (laughs) Mm. So it's so easy for us to like come back in January and say, how was your holiday? How was your Christmas? Well, with these things in mind, because culture, diversity, diversity, instead of asking people how their break was how their holiday was um i ask them what are you most looking forward to in 2022 what are Mm -hmm. three things that you want to accomplish this school year so instead of hyper focusing on these situations that may or may not be traumatic we can look for the future And say, oh, well, what, you know, Trisha, what is one goal that you have for the rest of this school year? Okay, how can I help you achieve that goal? How can Mm -hmm. I support you in achieving that goal? So Mm -hmm. instead of focusing on something that could be traumatic, we're changing our lens and we're looking forward to something and supporting that person. And that helps foster resiliency. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So just some like, you know, little tip. And the last one that I my last common trigger that I hear a lot of is tell your parents instead of saying tell your parents I would recommend saying take this to your adult Hmm. because a lot of people you know live with an aunt an uncle maybe they have a foster parent maybe they're fostered and soon to be adopted maybe they live with grandma grandpa um you know so i encourage taking this to your adult or speak mm-hmm. to your adult about this because you know continuing to stay parent and mom and dad it's just it's not it's not trauma informed y'all I'm just going to leave it cut and dry so those are my common triggers that i suggest we amend And again, just like we talked about with language, it takes practice and we are not perfect. So have some grace with yourself as you're, if if I encourage you to challenge yourself, but also have some
0: grace. Yeah. With that. I love those. Um, Definitely things that have crossed my mind before. So I love that you've highlighted them and also given alternatives, especially because it can be challenging to, um, be a professional in an environment where those will say phrases are being used and you know, they're not ideal, but you're not sure how to model an improvement. So you've given everyone a model they can use. Um, one thing that I do in my classes, because I also see them usually once a week, uh, I'll go in, you know, class comes into the room, whatever. And, you know, How has the week been? And that's reflective. And like, I understand there could be something, but whatever they say, I try and honor. So if it's like, oh, it's been really terrible or thumbs down, or sometimes they say nothing and I'm like, okay, well, that means it hasn't been a good week. And I say, it's okay. You can tell me like, how has the week been? You can say whatever you need to say. Um, And then from there, I'll do the, okay, how can we improve that for group or what should we do in group today that will help with that, or that will make you feel better or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so try and acknowledging like, yes, you can reflect on things and not be content with them, and that's okay in this space. And also we're gonna make this a safe space where you can feel better if you need to. I love that.
1: <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, right. I love that I love that you use the word honoring.
0: Mm, honoring thanks. their feelings. Yeah. yeah so. Try. Sometimes, <laughs> you know it it all sounds good and bright and rainbows but some, you know sometimes you have kids who like are just ruminating on things and you're like okay man like i would love to spend the time with you on that but we got to focus on the whole group and you kind of got to bring them back those times are, are hard right cuz you want to be able to give them that space but also you have 10 other students you have to attend to
1: absolutely <laughs> that's the reality yeah it is the reality and also being mindful in a group of your time you know mm-hmm. if there's 10 minutes left in your group or in your session time. It's not safe for the person that you're supporting to open up a can of worms that you can't put the lid back on by the time you leave. Well said. It's just not safe, you know, because, you know, you, you also brought up safe space. Safe space is the most important thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you it, it's impossible to foster safety when there are challenging and difficult feelings that are brought up, and there's no way, again, to find a way to put the lid back on. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to get the worms to stop squirming today. Well said, yeah, but containing it yeah. safely so that we could access it again together mm-hmm. when that person is ready to open that lid.
0: Yeah. Oh, well said. I really like that that visual of hey, we don't have to have things stop squirming. Like it's okay to still have these feelings. We don't need to fix it all in one. And fix I use loosely. Uh, we don't need to address it all in one mm-hmm. session. But yeah, we do need to make sure we send them on to the rest of their day in in a good headspace, which can be challenging, right? That transition um, can be really tough because sometimes like they're ready to go there, but you're out of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, honoring that and acknowledging that there's, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways that we can validate where a person wants to go, but they, but it might not be the right time. You can, we I think we can just say that we can just say, mm-hmm. you know, Jane, I understand that you're ready to talk a little bit more about this experience with your cat. And I'm wondering if we can talk about this next week. I'm wondering if you can think about a song that represents what you want to say and bring it to us next week. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I'm wondering if next week you can have the floor and you can pick an instrument and share with us musically what's going on. So like validating that, but then also kind of putting an end on it. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, I've got 10 minutes left and tell us more. And like, I think, but that's the thing is we're we're curious people and we want to help and we want to dive in, but again, having some restraint and having some boundaries for safety Mm -hmm. and let's remember the worms (laughs) y'all.
0: I also, I like what you said because it's being very clear and transparent. And I know from working with a lot of my students, um, they've been through some life and they don't want me to sugarcoat things. And if the reality is we only have 10 minutes left again, mirroring, I, I see that you are ready and I want you to have the time and space to share with us. We don't have it today, but we can have it next week. And a lot of them really respond well to being spoken to. Uh, I want to say like an adult, right? We, we want things to be developmentally appropriate and kind and like, you know, but they, They've been through life, man. Like they just they just want to be talked to the way it is. Um,
1: I one hundred percent agree with you. I have yeah. also had a lot of success in my clinical work by treating some of these young folks quote, like adults, (laughs) like you said, I don't really know how else, because you, I mean, you said it perfectly. They've been through life. They've experienced some things. That's also a trauma-informed approach in a way, because we don't know. We don't, we don't know what we don't know, Mm. but we, I think it's just something to always keep in the back of our mind especially if we're supporting someone who has heightened arousal and impulsivity and and you know maybe fragmented communication and that could look in many many different ways but it could be the person is triggered we don't know that but i think that the students that i have worked with and supported that have been through the ringer, what have you. They're constantly being told, don't curse. You're not supposed to say that here at school. Sit Mm -hmm. down. You're not supposed to be walking right now. You know, don't raise your voice. You can't speak to me like that. And it's just can't, can't, can't. Don't, don't, don't. Repress, Mm -hmm. repress, repress. And it's not that I don't think that these, you know, environments, it's just- There's just a lot of growing to do, right? So I have found that I've had a lot of success. And one of the examples that I'm going to use to piggyback off of yours, because I 100% agree with you and what you shared about, hey, just letting you know that 10 minutes left in this space. I also have had great responses with not censoring my music, not Mm -hmm. censoring the rap and the hip hop songs that I bring in because not only it's, it's also muting black culture. Um, And so again, take it with a grain of salt. Not every environment will allow the the music therapist, the space to bring in uncensored music. But Mm -hmm. I have found so much. I've found that the students and the people that I support have had Complete shifts in how they're attending to the music. When I bring them a song, I think I brought them a Ti song once, and I was, you know, handing out the lyrics, and um, I, I said to the students, you know, uh, we're gonna listen to this Ti song. I think it was Get Back Up. Ti Get Back Up, and I also pair get back up by ti and then i also pair it with get back up again anna kendrick from
0: trolls (laughs) so like
1: two very different songs two very different styles about getting back up um so but the ti song i'm like passing out the lyrics and you know i'm i'm telling the students like hey you know what you're gonna hear you're gonna hear some f-bombs you're gonna hear you know you're gonna hear some language but you know what i know that you've heard it before Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to change it. We're not going to listen to the censored version because I know that we can have a really great discussion and process this song together. Mm -hmm. When we don't have to use that language ourselves. I respect Mm -hmm. you all enough that we can listen to this song and the way it was supposed to be listened to and talk about it like young folks. And then you mm-hmm. see all those kids like looking down at the lyrics and they're like, yeah, Miss Chelsea is going to let us listen to the song with the word shit in it. Like, <laughs> Yes. Oh, man. So I agree with you. That was one of my favorite uh, song discussion experiences in, in, in my career was when we when we did the uncensored ti song and i just put it down for him like y'all yeah. i respect you enough that we can do this song together it's going to be fine and it was yeah. it's beautiful
0: i love that um for anyone i i am in some environments where the school would not let that happen <laughs> so for anyone else mm-hmm. who is in that a way i found to balance it is um i usually don't bring songs i usually let the students choose the songs and Part of that is because I don't want to assume what they like and then censor it. You know, like I feel like there's a little bit of I don't understand entirely what they what they want, but they'll tell me what they want. So uh, if I'm in a group, I usually say, "Hey, like the song needs two things: we need to be able to cl- find a clean version, and the content in the song needs to be okay for school." And the reason I say that in a group is because we need to make sure everybody's comfortable here, right? And also, not entirely my rules. The school says it's got to be clean. So hey, in a group. Those are the criteria we can usually find an option. But if I have like a one-on-one or even a two-on-one, I usually say the rules are different when it's just me and you, you can pick whatever you want. Um, and that's not perfect, right? We'd love to be able to just give free range as often as we can. But again, that's a way I've, tr- I've found that I can balance it. And the students usually respect that and can understand like when it's just me and Trisha, it's okay. You know, whatever I bring to the table, isn't going to offend her. But when it's me and Bob and George and Chelsea and whoever else, like, okay, some of my music, even if they listen to it too, Mm -hmm. you know, it could not be the time for it. So yeah, that's, that's a way of, it's not ideal, but it's a way of trying to try to balance those worlds. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And I haven't, You know had as much much experience with that you know having uh you know supporting someone one to one and then also seeing them in a group setting i've i've only had that experience one time uh so again i mean i've been practicing since 2015 but there's still so many things i haven't experienced yet so if i need some advice i can just reach out to you anyway <laughs> we we made the connection um i uh another uh, since we're talking a little bit about like songs and like approaches and stuff um i've got a few uh uh i like again because we're talking we've talked about like syntax and language and stuff um i personally have an aversion to the word intervention.
0: Oh, <laughs> Music <yes>. therapy
1: interventions.
0: <laughs> I say it all the time, but I try and catch myself. Yes, tell us.
1: Yes, yes. I just I because again, we've all have we all seen the show Intervention. Like <laughs> so basically it's a show, I can't remember what what program or or what provider or whatever um Uh, TNT maybe perhaps so basically intervention is a show that follows individuals who are either struggling with some type of addiction or um, disorder that has progressed to the point where it's affecting their health, their well being their life and those around them. Mm -hmm. And so an interventionalist will come in and consult with the family. And basically they have an intervention, which almost always in the show is a sit down with the person who is struggling and needs support. And then they try to put a positive spin on it, right? Um, So basically when I think of intervention, I think about that show and how they are coming in and they are changing something. They're seeking to change this person and their addiction essentially, right? Intervention also, it kind of makes me think of the medical model, right? Because if I'm going to intervene when someone is in respiratory distress, we need to have some type of respiratory intervention immediately, right? So we need to change something in order to make it better, in order to heal them. Well, in the work that I do, I support autistic people. I support people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. There's no cure for autism. There's no cure for down syndrome. So what am I healing exactly? Mm-hmm. What What am I changing? I can't change the fact that they're autistic. So no, I'm not going to use a music therapy intervention. Um, I have music. I have music therapy strategies strategy. Yeah, I have some music therapy applications. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot, I have a lot of colleagues that don't like the word activity, but you know, it, cause I mean, you know, that's kind of like the sing along, like my music teacher is here to sing with me. We're going to do an activity. Yeah. So yeah, I also get a lot of people aren't a fan of activity, but it is an option. Right. But I like strategy. I like strategy. Mm -hmm. So I have music therapy strategies for how I'm going to support this person and their goals. So I've got some strategies that I really (laughs) like. (laughs) You know what? Have you ever used the Beatles? Let it be for like a songwriting experience. Yeah. I write. I think every music therapist I've talked to has used that and Mm -hmm. let it be is my favorite, my favorite songwriting to do. And I don't have to overcomplicate it. Um, or maybe you know what and that's better said than done because when i first started practicing songwriting with a person supported it was super scary because i was like i i don't know how to do this it's not going <laughs> to sound good like i'm it
0: freaking. must be perfect
1: <laughs> it must be perfect oh gosh mm-hmm. there's a cognitive distortion right there well, only for musicians
0: it. right like yeah, yeah. Oh, I wish I wish the listeners could see that face. <laughs> it's like the eyes got big and the jaw got tight, like, mm-hmm. like side mm-hmm. face angry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe iOS will update for a version of that.
0: Right? And get an That'll iPhone be- update, emoji update. <laughs> I love that. Well, I love I love strategy. I've used application. Um, but okay, so when when I was in undergrad. <laughs> The way the word intervention was presented to me was we use intervention instead of activity in order to like justify that we are music therapists and not just like a music professional doing an activity and of course little 18 year old me was like oh yes that makes sense we must always advocate and prove that like we are doing important things um and since then like it's like all the other language i've been using today it's ingrained in me and i'm trying to um to mine it out. But yeah, I like, I like strategy. I like application. I use activity and I try to and use it in a way that's like reclaiming it. It's like, like, we can do activities. Like, you know, my teachers do activities and it doesn't mean the students aren't learning. Right. Yes. My there teachers, you go. My bad. The teachers in <laughs> the school to which I go. <laughs>
1: I know, right? It's just, see, you're going to notice it all the time. Now
0: you're going to notice ego. when people, are <laughs> my ego's like, everything is mine. Ownership. <laughs> I own it all. Yes.
1: It's mine. Oh my gosh. But you know, I, you, um, I, I think it's so true though, you know, like with what, what we've experienced and what we learned, because we only know what we've learned. Right. And you know, when but that's that a young,
0: great starting point. But when you're that young, like when you're, you're so impressionable as an undergrad student, um, it's like, these are the people who know. They're teaching me. I am a sponge that takes in the information, uh, mm-hmm. which I can see is like slowly shifting in academia. More and more professional professors are kind of like, here are the things we know. Here are the things we don't know. And here are all the questions in between. You get to figure them out. Ooh, that's inviting. Right. Ah, I right. should say here are most or some of the questions in between. You'll come up with others. Ooh. That'd be more accurate, I think.
1: Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I might need another cup of coffee and reflect on that. Ooh,
0: yes, that's wonderful. I want to be cognizant of your time because I feel like we could just talk for ages um is we there could, anything else? We? Yeah. <laughs> what did you have anything else you wanted to to touch on before the rapid fire? I really wanted to share at
1: least share some of my favorite music therapy strategies, just yeah. a few things because like I know that again, it's really important for me when I listen to something Yes, I love hearing about experiences and rationales and like having things to chew on, but I also really like having concrete information to take so I do have a couple of concrete things that I do that I think other people might find interesting. If that's okay. Totally. Oh, yay. (laughs) Okay. So some of my favorite music strategies and I wrote them down in preparation because I'm just that type of prepared for this morning. Thank you. So, Um, one of my favorite strategies is this game and song called grocery store. And you could make up any chant you want for the grocery store, but I'm just talking about like, you know, what's, what the strategy is and like how you can adapt it for your work. So the reason why I like the grocery store, so the grocery store, I have different food items, any type of food item, you can make whatever you want. And there's so many different goal areas that can be addressed with that. So like communication, you can use American Sign Language, you can use verbal expressive communication, you can work on sentences, I want to buy blank. And then there's academic and cognitive concepts of spelling, reading, budgeting, money concepts making choices for autonomy and independence, Mm. health and wellness, making healthy food choices. Um, If you do it in a group setting, there's a social aspect of like taking turns and asking questions like, well, Chelsea, what do you want to buy today? Thank you for asking me and, you know, kind of having that opportunity in a group setting and just community integration of like steps of going out to the store and checking out and like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go to the vegetables first and get what I need and put them in the cart. And they're like, there's so much that you can do just in that one music strategy. And then when you're adding, like, I have a banana and an apple shaker and, or, you know, it's, and then singing and all that stuff. So it's just like, that's like I've I've literally been using that strategy since my undergrad, I think I learned it from a graduate assistant student, I think it was Melissa Hefner. And I think Melissa Hefner's at the University of Evansville. Now, if I remember, um, she did a internship with I believe, Chris Ramsey. I could be remembering that wrong. But so she she learned it from her internship. Anyways, I learned how to do the grocery store in a group setting back in like 2012. So I've literally been doing the grocery store for 10 years. If it ain't broke, I never don't get fix tired it. of it. <laughs> I never get tired of it. It always works. It is so flexible. Like it is my favorite thing to do. You can mm-hmm. do almost anything with it. Um, and... Yeah. Just making it what you want. So if you haven't incorporated a grocery store style game and song into your practice, I invite you to do so because I've done it for ten years and I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it feels very play therapy esque, which I like. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and it's just again, I never get tired of it. Um, I had some, I have some really creative like sequencing. Uh, strategies that I use and sequencing is, when I first learned about sequencing back in the day, I was like, what the heck does that even mean? Why would I need to be supporting someone with sequences? Mm -hmm. And I think the reason why sequences are so important is because it's like, you know, there's so many processes going on, like reading left to right. And then there's, if you add instruments, hand-eye coordination. And then following a sequence from start to finish, there's impulse control, there's regulation, there's attention to task. There's just so many things that are happening when completing a sequence and sequences are so important in, in daily living. Like what is the sequence to making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? And we all screw up when we forget to grab the bread. Am I right? Like, we always forget that. Like, oh, well, I'm going to get the peanut butter and the jelly. Oh, but you forgot the bread. And you're like,
0: oh, my gosh,
1: of course I need to grab the bread, right? But um, some of my favorite sequencing strategies, typically I use a lot of percussion instruments. And the reason why I use percussion instruments is because of the tactile, um, you know, just the tactile part of music and movement. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't necessarily have a name for this strategy. I just, with with the person that I support, we just call it, are you ready to do your rhythm sequence today? Mm -hmm. Um, So with my rhythm sequences, I always use a metronome. Always, 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 always. Um, So if you haven't tried using a metronome in your work, I think you'd be surprised with with how interesting the environment can adapt
0: mm.
1: because of the steady beat. Yes, the steady beat, the great regulator, the great yes. organizer is the steady beat. Typically like 65 to 70 beats per minute because it's kind of like the natural resting heart rate. It's why I choose that. Um, And so yeah, choosing, using a metronome is just so freaking amazing because it, you know, we have like the auditory pathway, right? Mm -hmm. And that type of sequencing that's going into the brain. And then that's why we have entrainment, right? Entrainment to the beat. Anyways, I'm nerding out right now. (laughs) Like, let's talk about the brain more another day. But, (laughs) uh, so the sequence is, I just have, and I, I just have, like, little sheets of, like, staff paper with, like, a four-bar phrase on it. You know, I don't really go much different than quarter notes, half notes, and eighth notes,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but, like, three different rhythms. And we use the couch because <laughs> I am I a supporter at her house. So, like, one couch cushion has one rhythm and one instrument, second, third. How fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's another organizer right like one mm-hmm. two three and so the sequence is with the metronome in the background um uh, the the first rhythm one two three four rest two three four number two da, 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 rest and then number three and then doing it three times in a round mm-hmm. we've been working really hard on that and i just i i think that you know, and this person in particular that has been so, so successful with it. I mean, she's really been working on, um, she's got a lot of internal stimuli and it's, it, it it's frustrating for her to have this internal stimuli. So she's really been working on, you know, not only attending to task, but really just using, you know. Uh, she's, she's focusing not only her mind, but her body on this specific task. That's that's organizing and then practicing. How long can I, you know, how how long will I complete this sequence? How many times can I, you know, complete this sequence today? Um, because I think a year and a half ago, she, she, she used multiple prompts just to get through one sequence of three rhythms. Yeah. And now she's, doing the sequence 3 times consecutively. Yeah. And it's just like how empowering how, for her. How awesome the music has has organized and helped her yeah
0: do that for herself and she can like that's very clear progress that she can witness herself of like how far she has come. Mhm.
1: And I mean, that's something that we're all looking for, right? Because I think when we were talking about intervention as a word, because of the evidence-based practice, like the music therapy thing, like I am doing something that is meaningful. It's more than fun. I promise. Yes. Yes. So, you know, and that's why the metronome is also so important because like, also data collection is super frustrating. I'm still super frustrated and I've been a clinician for like seven and a half years. Data will always be the death of me, mm. but like these sequences, they're they're so. I don't like to use the word easy to measure, but it's just clear. It's mm. organized. One trial is one sequence through. So one trial, and then you got another trial, and then I got another trial, and it's just it's it's measurable and it's attainable, and it's it's just so much easier for me to use that type of strategy. <laughs> Data collection yeah, it strategy within
0: a music therapy strategy.
1: <gasps> right. Yes. Another adaptation to that, which I have done with a person supported is rhythm suicides. Mm. Have you ever, um, have you ever, like, did you ever do suicides in gym class? Yeah. Like you run to the first line, run back, run to the second line and run back. You could do the same thing with those rhythms. Mm-hmm. Like you could have up to four and then play one rhythm and then play the first one and then move to the second one. Mm. And then move to the first one, second one, third one, and then go back to the beginning. And then what have you. I love doing that. And then another... Uh... Wait, I have a side note on that one.
0: Yeah. And, and I say this because I want your thoughts. Okay. So in school, we call it, we call those suicides. Right. But my trauma informed radar is like, Ooh. Um, but in like a workout and like a weightlifting workout or something, doing something like that would be called a ladder because you go up Ooh. and then you go down. So I'm wondering if that language would be
1: yeah. Food for thought. I love that. I'm going to write it down mm-hmm.
0: right now. I think it's a less familiar term because if as soon as you said that, I was like, gym class. Like, I know exactly what she's talking about. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, a ladder.
1: (gasps) Yes. Thank you so much. I'm so passionate about trauma and trauma-informed care, but I'm no means an expert. And I love still learning about it every day. The learning never stops. (laughs) The ladders. Yeah. So that ladder experience. Ooh, experience music therapy. Experience is another thing. Yes, we can yes. I um, another. We're gonna make a dictionary for this episode. I know. Yeah. Oh, we just we need a handbook after this meeting. Like, and these technically, are the we many do have ideas. A
0: handbook. <laughs> but we obviously, have it doesn't one, have don't don't this we? kind of stuff in it. <laughs> oh crap! Ah, it's funny.
1: <laughs> I I have, I have oh, one more sequencing thing that I do. And I've had a lot of success with it. See, I call it like eight track. But it has no no correlation with an eight track player whatsoever. It's just like, I get like a whiteboard or my tablet. And I use the I've used the app called Notability for drawing, what have you. Um, But the numbers one through eight. So like one through four on the top five through eight on the bottom. And then like the person will have one color of their choosing. I'll take another color. And then we'll turn the metronome on start getting in train to that beat. And then we like roll the dice Hmm. or the die what have you. So if you roll a two, you circle the number two. If you roll a three, then you move you add three. So one, two, three. So that would be two and five. So you guess it, you just play the instrument on your number Hmm. that's circled or your color. So you might only play on two and five and then the other person might play on four and six, whatever it is. It's totally random. Yeah. But and I mean, again, there's so many different like levels of prompts that you could like pair with that and just kind of fade those prompts. Um, but also I've done it other ways like and not just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, but only odd numbers.
0: One, yeah. three,
1: five, seven. Um, and then even numbers. We've done it backwards and then speeding up the tempo, which the speeding up the tempo, I think it really helps to like kind of break break the ice because then you're like one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always the fun part. Going yes. super fast. Yes. And then when you mess up, it's just like, ah ha ha ha. Yeah.
0: But with the metronome, the music keeps going. So like everyone else, like you have another chance once everyone else gets their turn. I love that. Yes.
1: Yes. So those are because I think that and the one of the reasons why I wanted to share some of those sequencing activities is because, you know, again, like with with the potential areas of growth, AKA goals. (laughs) Goals equal (laughs) potential areas of growth, right? So those potential areas, yes. More language, more language. Um, Or as some people have in their assessments, areas of need. So as opposed to areas of need, areas for potential growth. So I think that sequences, because there's so many things that go into it right like i mentioned earlier like the attention and the regulation and impulse control like so many things go into it and i think because so many things go into it it can be so overwhelming to try to like find out well what is a creative strategy that is music-based that i can actually do with this person And what would that even look like? And so um, those instrument sequences are all things that I have created that have worked for me for so long. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why, if it it ain't broke, why fix it if it works? And of course, mind you, I am open to adapting and I do do that. But again, it's just like, you know, there's some things that are just, so, so powerful. And I've seen that they work and, you know, you can do lots of other things. Like if, if the person is more musically inclined and they, they do know music theory, you could add some like dotted eighth notes in there and you could add some triplets and you could add whatever it is that works for the person supported. But if it's just like basic level you know, sequences, maybe stick to quarter notes perhaps, and then kind of build off from there. There's always somewhere to grow with it. Y'all, if I see 30 second notes, I'm out. I'm
0: out. (laughs) I'm Especially if you have like a shaker. I love when people try to do fast rhythms on like a one-handed instrument. They're like, buffalo drum, 16th notes. (laughs) Yes, or like
1: a triangle. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes. Triangle, at least you go on the inside. You could like triple it pretty fast, but yes, yes. I'm (laughs) cramping up just thinking about that. (laughs) Yes. I love those. I'm especially, I look forward to trying that, um, doing the, the, you said the notability app one where you write the numbers. I can think of a couple of my groups that would like what we've been working on. That would be a great next step for them. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to try that one myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. And you know, you, i just depending on how you want to organize it because for me I, it was just me and one other person um mm-hmm. and so like they would circle the number and i would underline it yeah. so it still had like a little bit of organization and um or, or, or you know make it more challenging and underline them both and you know let's yeah. let's keep things the same or you know maybe i'll do a triangle over the number and then i'll do a square over and you know maybe the each person plays on one number or maybe yeah i just i think i i would love to hear how how you adapt it for yeah. what you're doing because there's so many great great ways
0: hmm I love. I call like
1: it 8-track, but I don't know. What
0: what else eight-track. could we call it? 8-track. I don't know. I'm thinking of... I used to march drum corps, and um, I played trumpet. So just for anyone listening, this will make more sense knowing that. Uh, the drum line people, like any break we had, they would sit around a drum pad, and they would each have one stick, and they would, like, subdivide rhythms together. It would be, like, you know, they each do quarter notes, so they each do eighth notes, and then they each do sixteenth notes, and, like, they would just to get their rhythm so in tune with each other that you couldn't tell who was playing or like there was no hiccups in the rhythm um and so this is making me think of that yeah I I don't know I don't know how else to explain that also I try I do this game right called pass the beat Everyone gets a beat in the circle and we go around, bump, 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 oh, around the yeah. circle. If someone plays two beats, it switches direction, um, but there's no steady rhythm. It's kind of just like you need to focus on where the beat is and which direction it's going. So it's a very good like beginning of the group, get mm-hmm. everyone attending to the same thing, you know, focusing activity. But this is like a different, a different mm-hmm. version. Like we could start, okay, we're gonna pass the beat today, but we're gonna do it in this tempo. We all need to be in tempo and then mm-hmm. we're gonna put the things on the board. Okay. Tracking back, my brain went in a whole different thing. Um, The reason I brought up the drumline thing is because they probably have a name for that activity they did. They probably called it like subdividing or something weird or like,
1: I'm not a professionalist,
0: but I should ask one of them what they call it. Yes.
1: No, but that's a really really cool layer though. Like whatever number, maybe each student or each group member has a different rhythm and, you know, you could say. Or what, what i mean i don't know it could be like maybe half notes so i don't i don't know and i'm thinking like ah i'm see when i get back to my desk i'm gonna work this out okay i'm gonna work this yes. out love it. but however you know i was thinking that you know we're i i also want to put out a disclaimer with the use of the metronome um yes i've talked about like the auditory pathway and the brain and organizing and things like that um which i think with a grain of salt Mm -hmm. because there there might be people that i support in music therapy that need support physically to to maintain instrument play. Um, Like for example, some of the folks that I support that have cerebral palsy, um, I am hesitant to use a metronome and some of the sequence strategies that I shared because it is, that person's it's the way that person's brain is wired that their movements are involuntary mm-hmm. and the hyper structure and I hyper is not the right word, but you get what I'm yeah. saying. The structure yeah. of the metronome and those types of strategies that I shared might create frustration yeah. and defeat. Yeah. In a person whose physicality, they just they're they that's just not where they are. So with a grain of salt
0: with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Totally. What you said, Uh, my brain went in the opposite direction. I am not an NMT, but I did do a workshop and the person presenting was an NMT and said, you know, if you like, you're doing music therapy stuff, right. And you leave that blank space for processing time for them to Mm -hmm. to enter. If you keep a rhythm going, I usually do that on my feet, like just tapping my feet to whatever beat that helps the brain keep cycling. Whereas if you just left Mm -hmm. that space and let it be empty suddenly like the brain was starting to entrain and then it went away. And so it can actually be really supportive to like leave that space, but keep that foot tapping, keep that like rhythm somewhere to keep the brain cycling and leave as much processing time as needed, Mm -hmm. um, but keep the rhythm going in a supportive way. So experiment with both, you know, see if like keeping that rhythm going is helpful um, for the supported people that we work with, or if it's, if it is creating a sense of defeat, you know, right. That's what we do as therapists is trial and error and then find the best option.
1: Yeah. Or trial and error, trial and error again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, No, but oh. I'm really glad that we took a little bit of time to talk about strategies because I feel like I have more ideas and I feel energized yeah. that, you know, cause it, it, it's, always good to chat with another person who gets it gets
0: it she thinks I get it everybody (laughs) agreed yes this has been a great conversation and we could obviously keep talking Uh, are you ready to move into the rapid fire or do you have do you have more in your heart and mind okay This podcast is sponsored by the Music Therapy Podcast Collective, also known as MTPC, where you can find a variety of CMTE opportunities in the form of pod courses. All of MTPC's pod courses are built on a listen, learn, apply model where you start by listening to some assigned podcast episodes, then move into learning with the assistance of a workbook filled with resources for you to start your self study towards whatever topics are most interesting, inspiring, and applicable to your practice. And then We finish with the apply section, which includes an office hour and a worksheet to determine how you are going to apply your learning to your personal life or professional practice. You can find all the Music Therapy Chronicles pod courses on our website, musictherapychronicles.com, and you can find the entire catalog of pod courses at MTPC's website mtpodcastcollective.com make sure you also get on the mtpc newsletter for 10% off your first pod course purchase <laughs> cool so coffee or tea?
1: coffee
0: surprise surprise Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Oh, thank you for getting up this morning with me then.
1: You're welcome. I'm surprised I was
0: so chipper. (laughs) I appreciate it. You're welcome. Something you'd tell your younger self.
1: It is okay to make mistakes. Kind of cliche, but I think I needed to hear that. Yeah.
0: When I was younger. Yeah, I don't think that's cliche at all. Thank you. Your music therapy elevator speech.
1: You know how when someone breaks their ankle and they need to go to physical therapy and they need that support? Yes. Well, as a music therapist, I support people, but instead of using physical means, I use musical means. So I support people as a music therapist.
0: That's the closest one to my personal speech that I've ever heard. <laughs> and so really? I'm biased to really liking it.
1: Well, everybody <laughs> Not that mine knows... is the best, but... Well, of course yours is. And I haven't even but heard I... it yet. <laughs> well, I mean, everybody knows what physical therapy is. Everybody. Mm-hmm. So I just try to find something that everybody knows and compares it. It's not beautiful and it's not like, you know... Approved by any academic program, but darn it, people understand what I'm saying. (laughs) Yes,
0: yes, 100%. 100%. All right, your favorite self care practice?
1: Positive affirmations and speaking them multiple times while looking in the mirror. It sounds creepy,
0: but it works. Are you comfortable sharing either a past or present one that like, is really you're working with right now? Yes.
1: Yes. Um, right now, because my plate is really, really full, um, with leadership opportunities and work, family life, taking care of myself. So my current affirmation is of course, looking in the mirror and I am not an emotional person at all. Uh, You know, like I sometimes I get when I get emotional, I like, I hold on to it. And that's it kind of manifests for me physically. So I have to like watch things to trigger crying. (laughs) Like, and it's just I'm working on it. But I'm being honest, like, I just I don't get emotional. And so I have to like, trigger myself to let it out. And like, one of those things that I watch is like, like, Marley and me, that movie, yeah. or like military uh, couple reunions, they, yes, yep, floodgates. Yep. But my current mantra, and I do feel comfortable sharing it, is um, right now I'm looking in the mirror and I'm saying, what you are doing right now is enough. You are enough. What you are doing right now is enough and you are enough. Sometimes I have more confidence sometimes I have some tears. Sometimes I feel that imposter syndrome coming in. But yeah, I, I, I try to do it every day. And I repeat it to myself multiple times. Because for every negative thought that I have, I, I got to say at least six positive things to try to negate
0: that or yeah. crush it, crush yeah. those negative thoughts. Do you use the book "I Am Enough" in your sessions? It's a it's a children's book. I am forgetting the author right now, but I will link it in the show notes.
1: I don't. I don't. But I would love to, because I still, even though I did a lot of telehealth for a while, um, I I even in in person, my uh, all the books that I use, I put them on my computer as a slideshow. Yeah. And so I'm always open to adding more. Yeah. Quote books
0: aka slideshows Mm -hmm. to my work I am I will link it and also um, the melody that I use with it I learned from Stephanie level so I will link her wherever she posted that so all that will be in the show notes. yes yes something that's currently adding value to your life
1: oh adding value to my life currently it is my colleagues here mm-hmm. in Lafayette. Um, I have two colleagues that I work with and we're also friends, which is an absolute joy. Yes. Um, so they're bringing value to my life uh, in more ways than they know, but I I will share that with them and let them know that they're bringing value to my life. They yes, bring value to my life. and. They validate my life. They're special people. That's awesome.
0: It's great to have music therapy people around you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. The next one, I recognize my use of language here, and I choose to use the word intervention in this question so that it's fluid and everyone understands what the question is. No worries. Maybe it will change over time, right? Your favorite intervention or song to use in a session. This could totally, totally be one you've mentioned already.
1: Yeah, definitely let it be yeah okay let it be is my favorite yeah absolutely and i and the reason why is because i because i think we touched on it because we were like oh when we were young we didn't know it had to be perfect yes but the reason why i love let it be is because um so when i find myself in times of trouble aka identify a time where you needed help Hmm. mother mary comes to me did someone help you or how did you receive help speaking words of wisdom what did that help look like or was there advice and let it be what was that advice Mm -hmm. so it's just super doom 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 but the great part about that song is because musically because the kicker here is, okay, so what's the advice? What's the What are the words of wisdom? What helped you? And over the years, I've had people supported, share so many different pieces of advice that have worked for them. Leave it alone. Just have faith. It'll be all right. Take care of yourself. And it's so powerful to musically validate that with just have faith, just have faith. or leave it alone leave it alone leave it alone speak in words of advice leave it alone and Mm. so musically it's it's just the best but i'm also starting to get real sad because the younger that the people i support are the less likely they are to know who the beatles are (laughs) so it's a
0: little bit of education in there everybody (laughs) true we have to find a, a more modern version um. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Yes. I'll, I'll think on that. Something will come to me. Yeah. Right.
1: Maybe you know. I don't know because I think I need to get in touch with what some of the top forty <laughs> people are. I'm like, right. right. Yes. I got homework to do.
0: <laughs> it never ends in our profession. mm mm-hmm. ends. I'm thinking maybe let it go, but change that. And even that's a little old already and not everyone will identify with Disney, but that's the closest I can think of right now. I just need the next Disney princess to be an alto.
1: That's all I care about.
0: Also true.
1: (laughs) I just. Uh, Yes. Yes.
0: And So do all of our, all of our people we work with, because many of them um, would like songs that they can sing comfortably.
1: Thank you. Yes. That just, that needed to be said. Okay. Yes.
0: Come on, Disney. Get with it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Lovely. All right. The last question is where can the listeners find you and connect with you?
1: I am very active on Facebook. Chelsea Mabes. You will see my face. Facebook is probably the most uh, active way to engage with me. Um Message me, add me as a friend. You know, um, I I just want to connect with the music therapy community. If you're a music therapist, I'm I'm your friend already, and you don't even know it, but I am. <laughs> um, and there's so many other ways to get in touch with me um, in in different capacities. So for for friendly friendly fire, Facebook would be great. But if it's something specifically related to the Great Lakes region where I'm located. I'm also a DEI representative um, and I am the DEI representative liaison with the executive board. And so if there's something that is on your heart or on your mind, specifically about that, or something in the GLR, I encourage people to connect with me through the website. Um, I have a few of those, I have some links to because I I put that link down in case it came up in our chat today. Um, But that's definitely something um, because there is a on, on the DEI page, there are some resources, we're having a DEI book club this summer. Ooh. Yes, yes. Yes. Um, what region are you in? I never asked I'm you. I'm in New
0: England. Okay. I'm Maybe. down for a book club if I'm allowed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's for GLR only, but you know what? <laughs> I know, so right? Funny. I know, I know. But the books that we will be reading are, hold on, let me pull up. Uh, me and White Supremacy.
0: Yep. I don't know if you've read that book yet. Uh, I've read at least part of it. It's it's more of like a journaling, self-reflective. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, very good.
1: Yeah, so the journaling is paired with the book "We Will Not Cancel Us." Cool. Yeah, so that's going to be the topic of the DEI book club, which is for which, other than the book cost, is available to anybody in the GLR member or non-member um also on the which you can access this too in new england we have on the glr dei page we have like a resource list so it's an excel sheet that we like update periodically and there's a contact portion at the bottom of that so if if someone wants to reach out to me in that capacity because i know that some people might not be comfortable being like oh hey i want to be your friend some people be like oh well you know I, I have a thought about DEI that I can send through the page. Additionally, my I can share my email with you. Again, for the professional capacity, again, because some people might not be comfortable asking a question about what they heard us talk about or reaching out to me specifically. An email might be the most comfortable way as opposed to a DM. <laughs> right? I know, right? like it's. Oh. But DM me if you want. I'm cool with it. Like, love that. Yeah. Make it accessible.
0: Yeah. Whatever people feel comfortable with. I'm cool. down with that. Well, I will link all those things as well as the resources we've mentioned um, and all of that good stuff so that the listeners can find, can find you, can find all the things. I really appreciate this conversation. Thank you so much for coming on the show and giving me so much of your time. Oh, I really enjoyed it. I'm
1: I mean it just kind of felt like I mean I took a couple of notes of things that, you know, were important to me because I was like, where the heck? But it just felt like we were hanging out, having our coffee and our tea together. So I thank you for making this an enjoyable experience and oh. having having the space. Cause it was That's it a was great. great. Yay!
0: Thank you again for being here to listen to today's episode. I hope you learned a lot. I hope you walk away with maybe even more questions than answers or some ideas to chew on or things to kind of develop your own opinion and thoughts on. We definitely had a lot of contemplative conversation today, which I appreciate. And I also really appreciate that Chelsea left us with Um, tangible advice as well, because it's great to have these thought-provoking conversations, but it's also great to have some starting points to use. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a rating and review. They really help the podcast be more visible. Also consider taking a screenshot, tagging Music Therapy Chronicles online so we can see what you're listening to and enjoying and Maybe even include some of your own thoughts and feedback. This would be a great conversation to have more dialogue with, share more tips that are similar, related, or maybe even completely different than what we talked about today. Because as a hive mind, we can accomplish and have a positive impact so much more. So yeah, thank you again for spending your time uh, over here on the Music Therapy Chronicles today. I hope you have a fabulous week and I will see you in the next one. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation and got a lot out of it. If you're looking for more Music Therapy Chronicles, you can check out our website, musictherapychronicles.com, for more episodes, blog posts, social media links, um, contact information, our self-care community and our CMTE opportunities in the form of pod courses. Hop on our monthly newsletter if you haven't already and follow us on social media for just staying up to date on what's going on behind the scenes. We are Music Therapy Chronicles on all of the platforms. Please take a moment to leave us a rating and review. They really help the podcast be more visible, so more people like you who are looking for this type of content can find it. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to this week's episode, and I'll see you in the next one.